Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. The following interview is designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. Your host, Derek Champagne, is the founder and CEO of The Artist Evolution, a full-service agency building successful brands, marketing tools, and campaigns, and also the author of the best-selling book, Don't Buy a Duck. And now, let's begin today's Leadership Series interview. Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where our goal is to inspire you to become the best leader that you can be. I'm excited about our guest today. We've got Steven Sashin, who is the developer and CEO of Zero Shoes, your original barefootwear. Steven, welcome to the program today. Thank you very much. Man, I remember seeing you the first time, which you've heard this a lot, I'm sure, several years ago on the show Shark Tank. And, I've, uh, I've just, heard that every now and then, yeah. <laughs> once in a while. And uh, thought you had a really cool product, thought you guys handled yourself really well. And we won't stay on Shark Tank the whole time, but I, I just uh, was fascinated with your story. Uh, will you Tell us a little bit. You've been a serial entrepreneur. Tell us kind of about your background and then kind of how you got where you are today. Oh, gosh, that's a big question. Um, I've never had a job, um, at least not one that I wasn't responsible for signing the paychecks. Hmm. And that is just um, some weird, fluky, genetic something. My, my dad once said to me when I was hit, trying to hit him up for some investment cash for something I was doing, he said, why don't you get a job? I said, I don't think it would end well for anybody. <laughs> um, so That's great. I, yeah, I'm uh, like many entrepreneurs. I'm one of these people who just uh, I'm just not qualified to do anything that resembles working for another human being. Um, I, I hear people do it. It sounds very exciting. The idea of getting to the end of the day and being done and having a thing. What do they call weekends? Is that right. what it is? Yeah. yeah having one there. of those. And wait, there's another one. What's it called? Um, vacation. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what these things are. Um, so I, you know, I just seem to follow the thing that catches my attention that, that then seems to work. I invented the industry standard word processing software for film and television writers, so, gosh, 27 years ago? No, longer, I don't know, a long time ago. Wow. And yeah, back in, wait, when did I do that? In um, 92, so 24 years ago. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that, wow, that's incredible. Okay. Yeah, and then, um, and that was because I was getting a degree in film and the software that existed at the time for to do what I was doing was horrible and I thought there's got to be a better way, which are the five most dangerous entrepreneurial words and mm. um, started a software company knowing nothing about software and having never run a company. In fact, my day job at that time was doing stand-up comedy. Wow. So um, I made that work. And then, um, you know, after that, I, I was one of the first guys doing internet marketing because it seemed like the obvious thing to do. Um, did a bunch of things around internet marketing. And then Zero Shoes started about seven years ago just because I was, I got back into running and was getting injured all the time. And a friend suggested I try running barefoot, which cured me of all of my injuries. Uh, and then I started making these little sandals based on a 5,000 year old design. And someone suggested I take my goofy hobby and turn it into a business with a website. So I rushed home, pitched the idea to my wife, who said it was a really stupid idea. <laughs> and um, I agreed. I said, you know, she, she said it probably won't make any money. I said, yeah, you're probably right. Just a distraction from things we're doing. I said, yeah, that's true. And after she went to bed, I built a website. So, um, you know, that's kind of the way it happened. And then we were just really lucky, really. It, it was 
the number of things that were just crazy, crazy luck, fate, chance, fluke, whatever that led to uh, where we are right now is just astronomical. And um, uh, we met some guys who met at Reebok 40 years ago, and they, when it was a quarter of the size of what we are right now, uh, they came and helped us. Our product developer is someone who a friend of ours met while he and this and the product developer were walking their dogs, and they started chatting. Wow. And, uh, I mean, it's just been one crazy, crazy thing after another. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. So, so prior to jumping into this sandal business, you were internationally known marketing, internet marketing expert, an yeah. expert on, on SEO uh, yeah. and a consultant and even co-hosted an Emmy award-winning internationally syndicated TV show. E- either you've read my resume or you're stalking me. I don't know if I should, <laughs> I don't know if I should say yes, that's right. Or get a restraining order. Our, our yeah. researchers do a great job and that gets us in trouble too. So yeah, you're scaring the crap out of <laughs> that, me. Already. That's, okay. that's really awesome. Uh, well, that, that was on your LinkedIn bio too. So, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's amazing. So tell me about, tell me about the value. I mean, I think it's obvious, but how, how did your knowledge of SEO help you in, in building a website and using technology <laughs> and in, yeah. in launching social media like you did to have the success you're having now. Yeah, well, you know, after I built the website, much to my wife's um, chagrin, I calmed her down the next day by saying, look, um, the, the people that are ranking for the, the keywords that I care about are there by accident. And so I can own this in just a couple of months. Wow. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I just did, a, I, I created content that I just blasted out all over the place. People that were, stuff that, that you know, many people would charge money for, I just turned into PDFs and gave away for free or put it on the website and gave it away for free and, uh, and, and put it all over social media and gave it away for free. I basically told people how to, how to, to, to make our products um, without ever buying anything from us. And it just so happened, though, that we had better materials at a better price, so there was no real reason to go out and do it on your own. But um, we just wanted to to get the word out and make people aware of what we were doing. I got I, I, you know, the, the, someone told, taught me a lesson that I loved years and years ago at one of the first internet marketing workshops in the world, he said, uh, making money is easy. Figure out where the money is flowing and get in the way. And that usually means find out where, where businesses are advertising and take their advertising dollars. But in terms of selling a product, that means find out where the conversations about what you're doing are already happening and then participate in the conversations. And so that's, that's what I did. Uh, and SEO has changed quite a bit, in, obviously, in, since 1992 when I first started doing it. Right, right. Um, but the, the essence is still the same. Create good content, get it in front of people. Hmm. That's great advice. So you talked about, so when you were in the tank, you turned down an offer from Mr. Wonderful, which, which is uh, shocking to some people to think of having <laughs> that opportunity in the first place. It's making more sense to me now that I see your background and understand more about just the, the, the level of professional that you're already at and, and the other businesses you had. But what was that like for you, that experience? Um, and then walking out of the, the tank, what was that like for you? Well, the show itself is really surreal. It looks like a conversation, but in real time when you're there, it's just a free-for-all. So one of the sharks will ask you five questions, and while you're answering number three, two of the other sharks ask you five more questions each. And if you switch to their questions, the first one gets mad, and if you don't switch, the other two get mad. And huh. it's um, and sometimes they're paying attention to you, and most of the time they're not, and they're juggling like repartee with each other and trying to battle it out and find the funniest one-liner that's going to get them on the highlight reel and make them more <laughs> famous and build their brand. and 
it was just, uh, it, it was really nuts. Um, Lena, very, my wife, very quickly realized that this is not a um, business show on television. It's a television show that is loosely about business. Mm. And so there's certain things you can't do. You can't be glib. You can't, you know, you we had watched the Sharks for months and months and months. We read their autobiographies. We saw every episode of the show. Mm. Um, but they don't know who we are. So, you know, that false sense of familiarity is false. Right. And you can't pretend that you know these people. Or more accurately, you have to be very attentive to not acting like you know these people because they don't know you. And the more friendly you act or the more friendly they entice you to be, the more likely you're going to say something stupid that you might mm. say to a friend but would never say to an investor. Right. Um, so that was an interesting thing to realize. Like there was a joke that I, I, I like to tell. It's a true thing, but it's a, got a punchline. And the producers wanted me to tell it, so I did. And that is uh, after I got back into sprinting and got rid of my injuries by, by going uh, barefoot and then in sandals that I started making that ev eventually evolved into zero shoes, um, I became a master's all-American sprinter, which means I'm one of the fastest guys over the age of 50. And what that really means is for men over 50, you may be talking to the fastest Jew in the world. <laughs> and it got did not get that laugh. No. Paying attention. And Cuban then kind of hears it out of the back of his brain. He goes, wait, what did you just say? And I, I said it again and he chuckled, but I instantly realized, you know, no jokes because if they're not all paying attention, it could, they could edit it. So I say this funny thing and then they just cut to the sharks looking at me like, what the hell is right. that? So there's all this kind of craziness that happens when you, when you're involved, um, when you're in the tank, that's just different than the way it looks on the show. And a lot of these and, are things you're realizing while you're standing in front of oh, them. Oh, totally in real Man, time. Wow. Totally okay. Now, you know, the good news for me is again, I, I was a stand up comic for a dozen years. And so um, that's what I do is just mm -hmm. just kind of you know riff on what's happening. So I, I was the moment we walked out was I was thrilled because that's my element. Like let's talk to people and see what happens. Right. Um, and and that part was fun. The offer Kevin offered us four hundred grand for half the company, which was just not going to happen. We we forgot that he even made the offer, frankly. Uh, and and I know that some people freaked out by the uh, the fact that we turned down almost half a million dollars. Right. But it was just a bad deal. We knew that we had talked to venture capitalists, bankers, people who had sold footwear companies, people who bought footwear companies, people who invested in footwear companies. Uh, and we, we knew what the, um, uh, the value, the range of valuations, uh, were for those different kinds of buyers and sellers. And we walked in with a, a number that we were comfortable with and we were negotiable, but we were just, you know, not on the same page. Sure. So, so walking out, frankly, it was just totally nerve wracking because, um, you know, that, uh, how do I want to put this? You know that they edit the show and we thought we weren't going to give them a whole lot of ammunition, but you know, there's no way you can spend 20 to 40 to two hours, 40 minutes to two hours. We were in there for about 45 minutes without giving them something that they could edit into making us look insane. Sure. So, uh, so there was a couple of crazy moments where Barbara said, I hated you from the moment you walked out here. You look like my ex-husband. It's like, what am I going to oh. do with that? So... <laughs> I remember that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I tweeted to her on the night of the show. I said, you should have invested. I would have used some of that money for plastic surgery. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the the few – like Cuban and I got into an argument about email open rates, which was really obscure. But they could have made that look really weird. And, you know, every objection that the Sharks had, we hit out of the park so far that at one point Robert jumped out of his chair. You don't see this on the show. He jumps out of his chair and yells, you have a perfect answer for every question. And and I just looked at him kind of incredulously. I said, this is our business. Right. So um, – but all that said – 
uh, you know, they tape more segments than they air. So, and they don't tell you when, if you're going to air. So we walked out of there not knowing what was going to happen next hmm. and just having to wait. And then two weeks before we aired, they, we actually took our first vacation in three and a half years and the last one we've taken. And we're in Ecuador <laughs> visiting friends and we get an email saying you're going to be on in a couple of weeks. Like, ah, crap, there goes wow. the vacation. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> How long uh, so, was it from the air from the time you shot the the show till it actually aired? Um, six months. Okay, and 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 it was great for us in every possible way. We did about three months worth of sales in the week following the show. Mm-hmm. The notoriety we've gotten from being on the show has been invaluable. Right. Uh, uh, frankly, trying to get a follow up because that show really has, in many ways, you know, I I, I like to say Shark Tank made us rich. Not personally, we, we still have barely taken. Um, we're taking nominal salaries because we're putting everything we can back into the company because we need more inventory. So, uh, but, but when we go into retail uh, buyers, they've all seen us on the show. And so that's Mm. just invaluable. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. So, and you've been recognized. I read somewhere where you were, you're telling me about that. What's that like to be recognized? uh, Yeah. Shoes first and then. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a funny thing. I get recognized in two different ways now. One is people go, hey, you're that guy. And uh, and that happens all the time. And it's um, it's fun, actually. I mean, it's not at a level if – if it was increased by like tenfold, I can imagine wanting to uh, put on makeup and hide myself and not be seen. Right. But it's just enough that, you know, it's entertaining. And besides, it helps business. So I'm all for that. Right. The the, what's happened now, though, that's even more fun is people will recognize my f- shoes and not recognize me. <laughs> and that's that one I like even that's more. That's really cool. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, one of the things about zero shoes, I, I warn people, I go, just so you know, if you don't like talking to strangers, don't wear these shoes because they will cu- stop you and ask you about your shoes. Uh. And in fact, um, it's funny. There was a guy, uh, our sales, our sa- VP of sales was walking through a mall just a couple hours ago to get lunch. And someone literally stopped him in the mall and said, you know, you're, you know, that website is down right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, holy moly. That's great. Yeah. We launched a new product. And we were having website problems. Right. Um, they're all fixed right now, thankfully. But um, yeah, it's, it's just it, it's outrageous. The other thing that's funny is I've done a lot of YouTube videos. And so if I'm at like at a high school track meet, there'll be half of the high school kids who go, Hey, Shark Tank guy. And the other half who go, Hey, YouTube guy. Yes. Is that the, now, do you, is that the spoof ones you do? Is it, is it um, mostly the spoof stuff? Yeah, like, I watched some of those today and those, those are hilarious. And you know, I said, this guy's having a great time with this. It's interesting. He would do that. And, and now understanding your, your comedic background, it makes more sense, but they were, they were a blast. Thanks. We've got a we got a lot more planned that are that are really fun. We're actually shooting one in a couple of weeks that I'm I'm really looking forward to, uh, and um, uh, it, it's one of the things that we're one of the reasons we're raising funds is to get enough cash to just shoot all the video we want to do over the next year because it, it's really great for for just letting people know about the brand in a way that's um, uh, non invasive and not you know hitting you over the head and actually kind of share worthy, not just um, me 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 me. And that's been really powerful for your brand is, has been your yeah. word of mouth and the viral value. W- Absolutely. What, what have you seen with, with, I mean, obviously since, since 92, there's the, in the emergence of social media, which is our company is in that space too, is right. w- what, what has that done for you? What, what are some huge success stories you've seen as far as how social media has, has had a great movement for your brand? Well, um, the, the, the shit barefoot runner save video, which is in the shit people say meme. Yes. Um, in fact, my, my wife said to me, you should make one of those. And I went, I can't think of any reason to. And the next morning I thought of the first joke and then it just went from there. <laughs> uh, 
And so I went and shot that with a little Kodak ZI-8. Uh, took about 20 minutes to shoot and about and a couple hours to edit. And, and I put it online and Lena said, how, you know, how many views do you expect? I went, I don't know. If we get a couple thousand, um, that'll be cool. And the first day we had 500. The second day we had 5,000. Then the third day we were on the front page of Boing Boing and all hell broke loose. <laughs> That's great. Um, That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so, uh, and, and that has just, again, paid dividends over and over and over and over in that amazingly lucky, non-reproducible way. Uh, so the the other thing with social media, I'll, I'll tell you, the, I'm going to answer your question differently than you asked. The biggest thing that social media has done is just sucked up our time like there is no tomorrow. So it's an amazing thing. If you remember the early days of email, if you got an email and you responded to someone within 24 hours, they were amazed. Right. And now if it takes more than 24 seconds, they get mad at you. Right. And it's a similar thing with social media. People will post something on some obscure page or someone's Twitter feed or, you know, some really wacky place and not tag you properly and then get mad when you don't find and respond to their mm. thing that they just said. Wow. So there's people will, um, they'll go out of their way to post something on social media rather than like call your customer service department uh, and get a fast and easy answer. Right. Or, um, if you actually look for, it's not just me. If, if you look at any, brand social media account, especially all the Q&A, you'll see that it's like the same questions just over and over and over. No one wants to actually read. They just want to be the first to post the same thing that people have been posting for ages. So it's um, managing social media, both from the creative side, creating content that's good and valuable and shareable, and on the customer service side, it just gets uh, more and more time-consuming and complicated every day. And, right. and some of it is really, really hard to track to see if you really should be spending your time there or not. And mm -hmm. all I can say is if you decide to not spend time on a platform, guaranteed there will be people there yelling at you because you're not. Right. And we're, and, and we're taught now to, to be customer centric and make sure we respond and engage. So, uh, but if they're, if they're an active brand like yours, there's a lot of comments going on, aren't there? It's a lot, and most of the platforms are really not set up with interfaces that make it easy to respond to those. Right. Um, so it's it, it's a real challenge. Um, and I mean, I, we, you know, we're a small company. There's 12 of us right now. I know people who have who have five times as many people as our entire company just for responding to all the questions right. mm -hmm. on social media. Yeah, that's full time job. It's crazy. And, but you but you almost have to. I haven't heard I haven't heard quite that perspective on. It, so thanks for sharing that angle. That's that's a great point. Um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to engage and, and hear feedback, but, uh, you've also got to have a team that can respond. And if you don't it's, respond, they're not happy. No, no, no. And, and, you know, and the thing that, I mean, I remember years ago in the very early days when I actually, maybe even before I started the company or maybe, maybe right afterwards, I'm not sure. I have, um, a fake persona that I created, um, a guy named Bob Tzu, T-Z-U. He's the long-lost American cousin of the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu. And Bob taught Lao Tzu everything he knew, and that became uh, Taoism. And then Bob kept whatever was left, and that became Daoism. And, um, that's great. It, yeah, thanks. And so uh, that, that's a setup for – I'm at this big – uh, social media conference put on by, by American Express. 
And the person on the panel was saying something about how, you know, it's all about being personal. It's all about you being authentic. And I said, yeah, that's, that's not true because I have a fake person who's got 100,000 followers, at least did at the time. Uh, and I could train anyone to be that guy. And I could train anyone to be me if they really spent the time to learn how to, what I knew, enough of what I knew and to get my voice. They could get 90% of it down pretty good. And, and everyone on the panel was just mortified. No, it's about, you know, you being you. And, and finally this one woman in the audience went, no, I need to know if it has to be me, I'm not going to do it. And I need to know if I'm going to hire someone, do I pay them $3,000 a year, $30,000 a year, $300,000 a year? How do I know? And it was really hard to have an answer for that um, mm-hmm. back then. And it's still hard. Right. There, there, I think there are a lot of people who don't, who, who don't, um, who don't know if they're making money with social media or not. Yeah, it's one of those things that we've seen as well that, that businesses are still trying to quantify. They want help with it or they want it themselves, uh, but there's a diminishing return to how much you invest into it. That's right. And, and then, of course, you know, there's such, so much demand that I think my neighbor's dog is now a social media consultant. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's, gotten, it, it's almost like real estate in, the, in, the, in 2007, 2008, and, and the stock market in 1999. I mean, everybody's a social media expert now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So let me ask you a little bit about your early days. So I love that this product, that this brand you have now was, was, it came out of a need that you had, right? So you were, you were experimenting with running barefoot and uh, tell tell me a little about that. And then when I'm really curious to know when you said, you know, I think we're onto something bigger here. What happened for you that, that made you think this is something we need to explore on, on a bigger level? Yeah, that part was day one, but I'll, I'll come back to that. Okay. So the, the short form with the whole idea of barefoot running, it's not about being bare in your bare feet. It's about using your body naturally. So your feet are designed to bend, to flex, to feel the world. You have more nerve endings on the bottom of your feet than anywhere at your fingertips and your lips. And you're, that's not an accident. You're supposed to use that. You're supposed to feel things. That helps with balance and agility. Uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. And things happen like what happened to my dad a year ago. He hadn't been, hadn't had his bare feet on the ground in a while. And uh, he didn't have really good balance and kind of had a stumbly gait. And he tripped, fell down, broke his hip and was dead two weeks later. Mm. And that's a really, really common thing in the elderly. We had a customer early on uh, who, who said he was looking for these magic vibrating insoles to help regain his balance and couldn't find those, but he found a blog post that I wrote that said, you don't need magic vibrating insoles. You just need to take off your damn shoes and go outside. Wow. And so he, um, since he couldn't find the insoles, he said, I decided to put your theory to the test. And that was two weeks ago and I just threw away my walker. Hmm. And and it's not that these are. This is an issue for elderly people. It's an issue for all of us. Um, if you don't let your feet bend and move and flex the way they're supposed to, that function tries to move up into your ankle, your knee, your hip, your back, all the way up to your head, which are not designed. Those joints aren't designed for that function, and that can cause all sorts of problems and pain. So this is all about just getting back to using your body the way it's supposed to. The modern, the the modern uh, motion control padded running shoe. It's about forty five years old, and there's literally been no evidence whatsoever presented to show that it helps it, uh, reduce injuries or improve performance. Zero. In fact, quite the opposite. So, uh, so that's what we're all about. And when we knew we were onto something, literally day one, Elaine and I are walking down, aside from the, the experience we and other people that we had made sandals for had, uh, we're walking down the street in, in Boulder, Colorado, and this pack of teenage girls runs up to us and points at our sandals and went, oh my God, those are sick. Where'd you get those? And we said, oh my God, we're going to be billionaires. So, <laughs> Um, wow, that was that happened fast, didn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, really, we 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 really knew on day one we were onto something. But then we launched the 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 company November twenty third, two thousand nine. Um, winter not the best time to launch a sandal company necessarily. <laughs> um, recession, you know, not necessarily the best time right. for launching a business. But by January, it was our full time job. Wow. By um, August or July, we're sitting there with those Reebok guys that I mentioned who are helping us design products and helping us plan a business. And it just it, it just kept growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the biggest thing is we would. Just get orders. We get an order from someone who is maybe the barefoot runner, and then a week later we get another order for the rest of the family, and that's what really let us know that there was there was a there there. Wow, that's incredible! Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, tell me what what is what's your proudest accomplishment that you've had? Oh wow, that's a really interesting question. Um, pride is not one of my things, so um, but I'll say there there's two that have, that that pop into my mind um, to answer that. One is. I came into this I, uh, without a background in footwear or shoe design, um, but my skill set is sort of looking at things and identifying what the core causative factors are, mm-hmm. like what's the real thing that's happening here. And I'm actually really good at understanding movement. Um, when I was a, uh, in college, I, my, my undergraduate thesis uh, in cognitive psychology was cognitive aspects of motor skill acquisition. I have a knack for understanding movement. And so mm-hmm. for whatever reason, uh, I started designing when I started coming up with the designs and ideas about footwear, I have now friends who have been designing footwear for 40 plus years and they treat me like a peer. And I'm, mm. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I really like that. So I'm kind of pr- proud of that one. And the other one is my wife and I started this company without knowing each other as working people, let alone working together people. When we, when we got together, I had some investments that had been doing really well. And uh, we, we were retired for the first nine years that we were together. Mm-hmm. And when we started the business, it just we never talked about it. We just did it. And we're a really good team. She's a great finance and ops person, and I'm a marketing product guy. Mm-hmm. And um, working together has been the most satisfying thing of my life. So it's not necessarily something I'm proud of. I'm just so, so um, grateful. And watching how Lena has just grown as a business person uh, is one of the most uh, amazing things I've seen. I'm still the same, you know, doofus that I've been all along, but, <laughs> but she's really, you know, stepped up and, and, and it's amazing to watch. Wow. That's really cool. That's a great answer. So what does success look like for you? How do you measure success? Uh, well, when you're visiting me on my island, then we can... Um, <laughs> You know, I don't have a clue. Um, the, the, the footwear industry is a really interesting, very competitive business. Mm. And uh, one mark of success, uh, I'll say, is that one of our competitors uh, contacted one of our large retail accounts and had our order canceled. So um, they, they were a little nervous. And I, I, I like that. Um, so uh, so there, there are a number of things. We, we feel very, very strongly about this whole idea of natural movement. And we really want to make that a thing. Do I harbor the illusion that we'll be able to change the world and have all people wearing footwear that's good for them? No. Um, can we make a big enough difference, hopefully beyond the Whole Foods Tesla driving crowd? Yes. Um, you know, what's that number going to look like? How's that going to play out? I really, I don't know. On a personal level, this is our, Lane and I say this is, we're on the entrepreneurial retirement program. Mm. And so um, we definitely have some financial goals personally because we put everything into this and I'm 54 years old. I don't want to 
I don't want to be working till the day I die, or I don't want to die from working. So put all that together. Um, you know, I know the amount of money that we would like to have in a suitcase underneath the bed, uh, just in case. And and uh, frankly, our company's already valued at much more than that. So, but we have a, a lot that's on our list to do, and I've got a, a couple ideas that are really, really. Uh, industry shaking if I can do them. Again, whether they would actually change the industry. Actually, I know they would not change the industry because I've seen products that have that that possibility and the vested interests have too much invested in their interests. Mm. So they're not going to change everything they're doing uh, just because someone comes up with a better idea. And But nonetheless, I want to get these, I've got a couple ideas that I would really love to get out of my head and onto people's feet and and see what happens. Because um, because I don't know anything about footwear, I've come up with some ideas that are uh, a little unusual. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've done so much, you've had a pretty diverse career and, and had many accomplishments, but what is it, is there anything on your bucket list you've yet to do, just either either professionally or, or for fun, climb a mountain, take a nap, take another I, I, vacation? <laughs> I want to I hang out with gorillas and chimps. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the one, it's literally the only thing on my bucket list is to somehow, you know, get to hang out with chimps and or gorillas. Um, don't know how, don't know where, haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, there's, I know there's a sanctuary in Rwanda that takes people out on trips, but I don't know. Um, that's, I really like that. I, I, um, I, I like the idea of getting back to being able to take a vacation and hang out with my wife without working or talking about work. Mm. Um, that could be fun. I know it has been. <laughs> and, <Right>. uh, <laughs> um, uh, I've got some ideas as a sprinter and as someone who got into sprinting l- late in life, uh, the way sprinting is currently taught is a little haphazard. And because I have this weird background, having taught everything from gymnastics to Zen archery and having been one of the early people doing biofeedback, and um, I, I've got, I, I have some ideas about how to coach sprinting that I want to connect. There's a couple of people who, who are currently doing this for the US Olympic Committee. I want to connect with them and try out some of these ideas and see if we can make a difference for people. Um, that's, that's kind of on my list. And, um, I, uh, the thing that I'm really good at is coming up with ideas. I'm not really good at honing them and deciding this is the one, but I'm, I'm really good at just pulling together ideas from disparate places and turning them into something that makes people go, oh, wow, I never thought of that. And so I'd like to have an opportunity to do that, whether that's being part of a think tank or something. Um, that could be a lot of fun. I've, I've done some of that, and it's the most fun I've ever had and the most exhausting thing I've ever done because wow. um, it just makes my brain go on fire. But, man, it's it's a blast. So that's yeah, yeah, well, so, that, so that's on my list, but it's all – that's all so far out of my brain right now because we have so much to do. Right now, the only thing on my bucket list is having my to-do list at the end of the day be shorter than it is at the beginning of the day. <laughs> well, that's a good objective. Last question I got to ask you. My wife and I are obsessed with stand-up comedy. We mm. uh, She worked uh, in her early days, I think, at Governor's Carolines in New York. Oh, my God. And then she worked at uh, the Laugh Factory. And we met when I was managing a comedy club called the Ha Ha Comedy Club in North Hollywood, California. That's where I met my wife. And now we live here in Northwest Arkansas. So we follow comics around, though. On our, when we get a vacation, we go see comics. Tell me a little bit more about your stand-up comedy, a little wait, bit. Because wait, wait, let's back up. When was she at Governors? Uh, it was going to probably the beginning of two thousand. Oh, oh, way after my time. Okay. Um, oh my God, I got more stories than I know what to do. <laughs> so, as I'm sure you but do. But you were at Governors. 
Yeah, I worked governors. I, I, so I was in uh, I was in New York working out of Catch on the Improv from nineteen. When did I graduate college? Nineteen. I got I got out December of eighty three. So January of eighty four until uh, when I moved to Colorado in um, October, the end of October of ninety three. Hmm. So I was based out of New York, and so I did all those clubs and and the the number of people who I hung out with who are now famous comics because geez, they've been doing it for thirty plus years right. is pretty high. Wow. Uh, and the, the number of comics that I know who most people don't know who are funnier than most of the comics that people do know is really high. Right. Yes. um, We went to the oddball comedy festival last couple of years in a row. It's a a big comedy tour. And and my wife and I knew a lot of the people from, from the early days of of when we were booking or when we were bartending and things like that, the clubs, it was amazing how they persevered and, and were some of the headliners now. Yeah. And we did the same thing when that tour came out to, to Red Rocks here in Colorado. Um, uh, it was a a great show. And I think, Oh, probably half the people up there were people that I knew. Cool. Was that the oddball one? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, We went last two years in a row. That's our new tradition is to follow that one. So it's a good show. It was, boy, that was a blast. Yeah. You go this year or last year? Uh, I have no sense of time anymore. So let's just say this past, uh, not this summer, last summer. Okay. It was either Amy Schumer or it was, uh, no, um, for ours, let's see, it was, um, Aziz and Sarah Silverman. Yes. And, okay. Yeah. We saw Aziz and Amy Schumer and that whole group. And then, Oh, year, interesting. Amy wasn't there for ours. This year was a whole nother group, but it was, it was still pretty good. So there's, you know, I'll tell you the thing that's amazing is if you look at the history of comedy, um, there were never this many good comics in the world. Uh, it, the, mm-hmm. the comedy boom that happened that I was part of in the, in the eighties and, and early nineties just, just created this, this plethora of really good people right. and it's it's just unheard of i mean if you look at the at television in the 60s and 70s and 80s it was just a handful of guys right and um guys and and now it's just a whole different thing i i'm i'm still waiting frankly because a lot of these comics are now in their mid 50s to mid 60s and i know that they all bitch and moan about how there's not stuff written for them that shows up on television and movies and i'm right. just waiting for them to finally go you know what let's just do it right and 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 uh, um, studios be damned and create stuff that is not for millennials but is for uh, uh, us. And I have a sneaking suspicion it would be tremendous. Mm. Um, I'll tell you this one story. You'll appreciate this. A friend of mine who's a, a comic and also a professional photographer, has that, he's been doing that for years, uh, was the photographer for – a 50th birthday party for another very well-known comic who was also a producer and writer. And so everyone at the party was all comics, producers, writers, etc. And he sends me the photos and I said to him, what were you doing at the old Jew convention? Um, (laughs) Uh, but it's really, it really is. It's a, it's a crazy thing. The number of people who've been mastering this craft by doing it for more than thirty years, right? It's just unheard of. Yeah, we had a, we had a friend that was going out to California, and, and I think I've been back out. Of, I've been out of California for almost fifteen years, and uh, I contacted some of my same old comic friends who were still doing the same clubs and the same, and, and they were able to introduce same jokes. Friends, same jokes, some of the same jokes, a little more polished, but yeah, and, and so it was amazing. Hey, thank you so much for being my guest today. I could probably talk to you for hours about about stand-up comedy and just hear some of your stories because I know you've got some great ones. We'll, we'll do that another time. But Stephen Sashin, developer and CEO of Zero Shoes, that's the original barefootwear, and that's Zero, that's X-E-R-O shoes.com. Man, thank you again. I, I love learning from you, and I love following what you guys are doing. It's a really cool story. My pleasure. Thanks so much. This has been a treat. Take care. We'll keep following the great things you're doing. 
<laughs> I look forward to it. Thanks. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. This interview was designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. 